Thank you for downloading this episode of the Mac Report Podcast. This episode is brought to you by our subscribers over at themacreport.com. Their support allows us to bring you our coverage of Merrimack Athletics. If you are a subscriber, I thank you. And if you're interested in becoming a subscriber and gaining access to all of our coverage, head on over to themacreport.com today and sign up. If you don't want to subscribe but still want to support us, please rate and review our podcast over on Apple Podcasts. Once again, thank you to our subscribers for making our coverage possible. And now, on to this week's episode. All right, back after the semester break here with the head coach of the Merrimack men's hockey team, Scott Bork. And coach, uh, first, how was the break? I mean, I know when we talked a couple weeks ago, you were looking forward to the break, uh, a little bit of time off, and uh, it's been a few weeks now. Uh, how'd the break go? You know, it was a really good break, I think, for our team, uh, for our staff as well. You know, we, as we talked about near the end of the first half, we just hadn't had a chance to breathe since early October and the tragic loss of Josh. And it, um, I think it gave our team a chance to go back and be home with family. And we let them go early this year. Uh, longest I've ever let a team be home, but just felt it was really necessary. And, um, you know, they've come back and we've been very enthusiastic, a lot of energy. We obviously have to get our details back, but uh, I think the break will be very, very helpful in the second half. You were able to go home a little earlier, too. I think last year you guys had the game against Dartmouth. What was like the 20, the 17th or something like that? So probably a little bit of a, of a, less of a break they had last year. <laughs> exactly. You know, we came, I think we left on the 18th or 19th last year. And we were scheduled to do the same thing this year, made that kind of adjustment on the fly during that three-game stretch of uh, the three road games. Uh, it was great. Most of our guys were able to get home by the 15th, a couple of guys not to the 16th, but you know, they had a good stretch at home, and that makes it easier coming back for sure. You know, when you get home and you got to turn right around on Christmas night and get on a plane and go back to school, uh, that makes the break seem pretty short, uh, but this way it worked out really well, and the guys were really pleased with it. Do you guys have any travel issues? I know just and if you put on a TV, I'm seeing flights delayed everywhere. I'm, I would imagine guys coming from everywhere, you may have had a couple of guys with some issues, but hopefully everybody's here. <laughs> ironically, we only had two guys with issues. You know, oh, one from perfect. Western Canada and one from Michigan. Um, but all of our Europeans, uh, you know, and, and our Scandinavians, they, they had no problems, which was great. Everybody <laughs> made the practice and on the 26th, and, you know, it was ironic given all the things we saw in the national news. But <laughs> we were fortunate and got everybody back. That's perfect. Uh, what's the schedule like for this week? The tournament starts on, I mean, it's kind of a regular week with the Friday, Saturday games for the tournament, but still uh, a little bit of a weird week, I guess. You still got New Year's coming up and holidays. Kids, you know, the guys aren't in class. So uh, what's the schedule look like for this week as you guys get ready for this weekend? Well, the good news is you don't have class, you know, and, and so you can really, you know, dial into the team and the team can dial into what we have to do to prepare. Um, and, we, you know, we're going to go up to Hanover on Wednesday. Uh, which works out really well because, you know, it gives us a chance to practice up there a couple times. Uh, it's a nice place in the winter. Uh, we'll avoid any travel issues if there's any weather the next couple of days. Uh, and we'll just practice up there and, and kind of hang and go over things we need to do to, to get ready and prepared for the next, uh, you know, for this weekend, but obviously for the rest of our hockey season. And that's uh, really important. You know, obviously you know that. And so, um, you know, everything we're doing right now is trying to build towards you know, the beginning of our hockey season. What's the this weekend? I mean, it, it is essentially it's two regular season games, right? It's the same thing, but still, uh, I always think it's kind of cool when you have these regular season tournaments because it gives you something to play for. There's a trophy at the end of it, right? If you win both games, there's there's a trophy at the end of it, and for a team that is 
you know, looking to be winning some trophies there in March as well, of course. I mean, and this is the first one you're competing for. Does it does it add anything to these games where you, you kind of know, like, hey, it's it's the regular season, we got to win these games, but at the same time, there's also, you know, a tournament championship on the line as well? I think it really does. I think it's a great opportunity for us to prepare for something that hopefully we have to deal with in March. Um, you know, having a game at 7.30 on Friday, uh, then no matter what, hopefully we're successful in that game. That would make the championship game the 4 o'clock game on Saturday. Uh, certainly going into that game, a little bit of disadvantage just because the team you're playing against is more rested. Uh, but at the same time, that's going to happen in the tournament. That happens all the time in the Hockey East tournament. It happens all the time in the national tournament. So it's an experience to go through that I think will you know bode well for the future no matter how we do in this tournament. Um, but I'm, I'm hopeful. You know, there's four trophies you want. You want this one and, and obviously the Hockey East one, the regional one, and the national one. And, and you know, we get a chance to play for one in, in December. I think that's a good experience for us to build on. Is, was this set up last year? Because obviously Dartmouth came here last year. So was this kind of a return trip for them coming a year ago? It actually, right when I got to Merrimack, I tried to get us into this tournament. Uh, Bob Gaudet was there, obviously a very good friend of mine. Um, and having played in this tournament as a player, uh, you know, I just really enjoyed it. And I think for us, we're going to play in a tournament. We're only two hours away from home. So there's no real travel things, and they treat you really well there. We'll stay right in the Hanover Inn in downtown. And uh, it's a nice experience. And, and having played there and, and actually coached there with both Providence and UNH in this tournament, um, I realized that the players really enjoy it. Dartmouth does an excellent job with it. Nice banquet tomorrow night. Um, they do a good job with the tournament. They, they draw well for the tournament. Um, and it's just a nice environment. So, uh, and when it's over, you're two hours from home. Yeah. So I, I think it's a lot of wins in this tournament. It was hard to get in because, you know, they were booked up for years, and that's what took so long. I wish Bobby was still there, but um, either way, I'm excited to go back to Dartmouth. Yeah, it's uh, this is the third. It's the third time Merrimack's been in this tournament. I think in like ten years. I know I've gone up twice, and it's always been good. I'm looking forward to coming this weekend too, because like I said, it's a it's a really good area. Um, they draw well for the tournament. There's there's usually get some pretty good teams in there too. You get to see some different teams that you don't see all the time, and it's uh, I wish there were more of these. Like it seemed like a lot of the holiday tournaments have kind of gone away, and I know they're. They can be expensive to run and stuff like that, but I was looking like this week. There's only a couple. There's this one. There's the uh, GLI. There's the one out in Wisconsin that UMass is in. I think that's really it. I mean, there's just, there's not nearly as many as as there used to be. Yeah, and I think that's too bad. I, I think, and I agree. I think the logistics of them make it challenging. Uh, obviously, the cost of them and, and the fiscal impact of them now with travel being so expensive if you're going to fly. Um, you know, I can see why this has happened, but I think it's really too bad and. Uh, you know, I think it's great that Dartmouth has continued this on because it was a great tradition when I was in school, and uh, and it matters to the community. Uh, so I think it's uh, it's exciting to be part of the one of three that are going to happen. Uh, it's it's a, exactly the way I'd want to reenter our season, uh, and hopefully we can be successful at it. But it's a great way to get back into your season quickly because you guys, as we talked about earlier, you're playing for a trophy, and the guys know, and that matters at least at some level, uh, and they want to win a trophy. Uh, the next couple of weeks, I don't know when, when the guys go back to class, but we've talked about this before in the past too, is it does it make the weeks go by a little bit easier? I mean, they, I, I know we've always kind of said they, they're more like pro hockey players. You know, when they're not in class here these couple of weeks, you can practice in the morning, maybe have a little more time to prepare. Has that been something guys have been able to take advantage of? I mean, you know, it's early in the week, but still uh, not only this week, but maybe as the next couple of weeks go by. I think it's, it's a great opportunity to be a college hockey player. You know, I remember doing it myself. Uh, just being able to relax and focus on just hockey and I think for our players uh, and we're in a nice area here because they can get places they can do things uh, when they're off from hockey but they also they can focus on it and that's that's a fun time to be a college hockey player I think it's a great thing for us we don't get back to school to January 16th so we have a fair amount of time in this kind of cycle we're in 
Um, and I think that's great. I, I'd be really disappointed if we had to go right back to school in the second or the third because I think our guys would miss an opportunity to just come together. Um, but that's going to that's gonna be a big part of our future is how these next two weeks play out. Kind of reflecting on the first half here, uh, I know I had a couple of people say to me, did a couple of interviews for some other podcasts and radio and stuff and for college hockey, and people have said, you know, has Merrimack surprised you? And I was honest, and I said, yeah, you know, kind of. Uh, I expected them to be good, but at the same time, you know, when you lose – the two guys you guys lost on defense to the NHL and, you know, arguably two out of the top three forwards from last year, there were some questions, and uh, they they were answered pretty emphatically, I think, in the first half, especially up front with the guys like Capone and Hillier kind of rising and Ben Braun just filling those gaps from a scoring standpoint in the transfers. Um, were, were you surprised at what the first half looked like? I mean, just knowing coming in, because we talked about it even in the preseason, it was, even with the decor, going to be young, a lot of sophomores, um, have you were you surprised at how well you guys were able to kind of answer some of the questions that existed back in September? You know, I, I I'm not sure surprised is what my right answer, but I'm certainly uh, pleased we got there quickly as a team, uh, and I really credit that because you know our older players and we are older this year with with the grad transfers as well as our own seniors and a couple of grad students uh, that, that were at Merrimack last year. Uh, I think that we're more mature, and I think that's what helped us come together quicker as a team than I thought we might. Um, we also did a lot of work in the fall uh, as a group trying to make sure that we were a great locker room, we were a good team. And the thing I'm proudest of from our first half, I mean, hey, you win the games, you lose games, and that's going to happen here in the second half as well. But the one thing you can control is your locker room and what kind of room we have. And we have an outstanding room, and I'm really proud of the way the guys have brought that together. They run the team, that room. Um, and I hopefully they can continue that moving forward. But you know that's what gives me confidence going into the season, and that's what gives me a lot of confidence going into the second half. Yeah, those are the things that you know I feel like when we do these with with teams that are still standing the middle and end of March and even going into April. That's that's a theme that's brought up a lot. It's it's uh, veteran presence, leadership, and it's just how how close of a group you have. I mean, even at this stage, there's varying levels of talent. But I mean, if you're a Division One hockey player, you're a talented player. You know, you're there for a reason. You're not just there because of you know you know somebody. Like there's a reason why you were recruited to be a D1 hockey player. There's some sort of skill level there. But it's it's those intangibles that that feel like they often make the difference between the teams that that go far and the ones that that maybe don't. Yeah, I, I totally agree, I, and I think we're fortunate this year. You know, we we knew we lost a lot with uh, could have been a potential leadership core with the the graduate guys we lost and Jans and and Max and then losing uh, Walsh and Ewans and Vanell and, and Carlisle. <laughs> like we lost a lot of guys who are kind of emerging as leaders into our program, and to have the guys that are in the room take the team as quickly as they did, um, it really is impressive. You know, and Benny Barr. Mac Welsher, you know, those guys, Hugo Esselin. I, I could go on. I don't want to leave out guys because there are so many people that, first of all, they welcomed in our new one-year players, our new grad transfers, because that's always a process. Uh, and then not only did they welcome them in, but they allowed them to step to the front of the room. And uh, I think that's a big, really big thing. And four of those guys have been captains last year. And, um, and I think that allowing that to happen was part of the room's decision. And I know it wasn't an active decision, but it certainly shows who they are. Uh, and then having them continue to grow as a group. I, I think at Clarkson, um, what I saw at Clarkson, which was our second game of the year, obviously a horrible week for everybody, uh, a tough night the night before. You know, we had a senior, a 50-year player on our bench who was on our team last year who sat on the bench the entire game, 56 minutes until we got ahead 3-2, to two, and we made a decision to play him instead of Mark Hillier because he was just more um, experienced defensively than Mark. 
uh, and to get us over the line, and he did. Um, and that was an unbelievable step for our team. And then uh, a week later, we had another senior 50-year player from Merrimack sit on the bench for an entire game, not get a shift. Um, and then we went down to Boston College, and we had a player with a letter on his sweater, um, and he, he sat there for the entire game, except for the last minute of the game. And all three of those guys were seniors. All three of those guys have a finite level of games left to play in their college careers. But all three of them put the team first. And I think that was a step for our locker room. That was our step for our team. And I actually think, you know, beyond that, it's a step for our program. And uh, I couldn't be prouder of it. And I'm, I'm just hopeful that they get the success they're trying to earn. Yeah, I, I feel like you see it a lot in the, on the road, too. Like, you guys, when there's been adversity face, especially on the road, that's where that, that veteran leadership really is, is coming to a forefront. I mean, look at the last the, the stretch you had going into the break, you know, losing the game here at home against UConn and then looking at three in a row on the road, UConn, UMass, Providence, all in, I think, a matter of eight days. It's not an easy stretch for anybody. Uh, but to go in there and not only win all three of those games, but just do it the way you guys did, especially that, that, that last game against Providence. You know, there were some ups and downs in that game, but still found a way to get it done. I mean, that feels like where that type of thing comes to the forefront the most is when, you're, when your backs are against the wall a little bit. You know, that's a great example of a game where uh, you lose that game a year ago. We might even have lost that game six months ago. Um, and... We were watching the video after. Like we were an exhausted team. I felt it going into the game. I think the I Providence just, game, the Providence right? yeah. game, and I think I even mentioned this to you. I said we we're really tired, physically, mentally. We played really well for the first twelve minutes of that game. Uh, then it got away from us for about the next thirty minutes of the game, where our fatigue showed mentally just how sloppy we played. Gave up a power play goal. Gave up a shorthanded goal. Um, you gave them a, a window to get into the game. Our goaltender stood up big at crucial times. We righted the ship, 50-year senior. You know, um, Jordan Seifert scores a huge goal with 17 minutes to go in the third period. And then you get guys, you know, Will Calvary, Benny Brar, blocking shots with their teeth in the last three minutes of that game. And, and I just, you know, it gave me a lot of pride when we won that game because I know what our team had been through. And then to watch those guys battle to get it that done, get it over the line was, was impressive. And that doesn't happen on a young team. That happens on a mature team. Uh, and then obviously looking ahead, I mean, I know the, the signings were, were relatively recently here for NLIs and stuff, but uh, Ty Deneau, who's a, a recruit you have coming in, made the Canada West team for the Junior A Challenge, played really well out there. I think he had, I think he had four goals in six games in that tournament, had a hat trick in one of them. Uh, and also, also played really well for Drumheller out there in the Alberta League. Uh, what can you tell us about him? Uh, just because it seems like he's, he's playing you know, exceptionally well right now. He is, and he, he's actually um... – a growth of what we want our team to be. Um, you know, he's hard, he's heavy, uh, he's competitive, and he just he brings it every day. And um, I think that, that you know when guys do it, like he does it on the rank, he also does it off the rank, which makes us feel like he'll be ready for, as a freshman next year uh, to contribute. Uh, he's also had huge success, and I think one of the most important things, you know, Matty Capone came in as a true freshman, but Matty came in with a lot of confidence. He had a lot of swagger. And that allowed him to play a role last year that wasn't the one he wanted, but he wanted just to play. And now he's emerged into a, one of our top players. And um, you look at the same thing with Ty. Like he has that confidence, that swagger that's going to allow him to come here and here as a freshman, deal with some of the challenges that, are, that there are being a freshman, but move on to a really good career. Uh, who are some of the other guys that have signed over the period? Because it would start like beginning of November or early November? Early November. Uh, Ethan Bono, another uh, Western Canadian from Alberni Valley, assistant captain there. Uh, real good player. Uh, you know, he's a lot like Mark Hillier. He's a quiet per personality, 
bigger, stronger, earlier than Mark was. Uh, but I think he'll bring a lot of the same qualities. He's just a cerebral player. Uh, and I, I'm really excited about coaching him because he really sees the game very, very well on both sides of the puck. Um, and then, you know, a- after Ethan, you, you have uh, some other guys who have been committed to us for a while. But Luke <coughs> Weiland is a player that's playing in Wenatchee. kind of seems like he's got this game back. Went through a couple surgeries in the last two years. Feeling a lot more confident in this game right now. Uh, Brady Hunter, who's a captain up at Trail, also in the Western Canadian, uh, in the BCHL, Western Canadian. Um, he's just a highly competitive Mac Welsher type player, and I'd take 100 Mac Welshers if we could get him. So uh, he was described to me as that kind of player, and that's the guy we want. So uh, those guys up front are going to be very helpful. Um, then we have Max Watfield, who's a, a Swede, another Swede on the back end, but he's played in Omaha for this whole year, been very successful there. Um, I would say he's a contributor offensively, but he's not a dominant offensive player. He's more of a defensive defenseman. Um, reminds me a little bit of uh, almost a cross between Alex and um, Ivan. I'm sorry, Adam Everton and, and Ivan Ziflack. Uh, Adam, obviously, is more of an offensive guy. Ivan's a very good defensive player. Max, I think, will give us a little bit of both. Um, and then Frankie Jurasevic, who we couldn't be more excited about, captain at Penticton, maybe the best you know, junior team in North America. He's a captain, uh, heavy player. A gifted uh, leader. I think he's someone that's going to matter every day, no matter where he is in the lineup. Um, that those are some, and I'm, I'm missing some also that yeah, signed. Yeah. But that's a group of guys there that I think we can count on in the future. And it's a group of guys, frankly, wouldn't have been able to recruit four years ago, um, but the last couple of years have allowed us to get into their living rooms, and and now we're going to get them on campus. A, a theme there too. I mean, you talked about the the leadership of the guys on the team right now, and not only the guys that have been here, but even the grad transfers that came in. A lot of guys that have worn letters. You probably have seven or eight guys in your room that are either wearing a letter currently or, or have in the last you know 12 months uh, and, and it seemed like a common theme there with guys you're recruiting as well Hunter has a letter Jurasevic is a captain of Petitkin same thing I mean recruiting not only hockey players but guys that have been leaders on their teams as well yeah and Bono and Dano are the same thing yeah. wearing letters and I, I think that uh, can't be overstated you know it's not these guys are smarter than we used to be you know it used to be just the most popular guy wore a letter I think the junior age players they get it right they pick the guy that can lead their team um and i think having guys come in who have had that experience has been huge for us this year uh, but will continue to be big for us moving forward and and i think that's part of certainly part of our recruiting focus Uh, if he's wearing a letter then he has to get a second look no matter what position or you know how you feel he played he has to get a second look because that attribute matters all right, Coach. Well, uh, best of luck this weekend. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk again next week uh, before the, the Brown and, and Yale games. I have a chance to potentially see Yale twice here in two weeks, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, thanks again, and good luck this weekend. I really appreciate it, Mike. We'll see you up in Hanover.